For a minor. Bemis is too early for a minor. Okay. Some more songs. That seems like another hour or so. Whatever. Okay. I'll tell you the truth. Okay. Bemis is like this. Bemis is like this. It's a it's a bush and a cherpa. It's a bush and a cherpa for me to speak in front of the rav. Everything I'm going to quote, he knows the page number, and he knows and will tell you exactly what other varfin is safe was quoted in in the footnote. And everyone knows that the mulechim of the rav is mamish unbelievable. But everyone also knows, and maybe no one knows, that the heart of the Rav is even bigger. His Bem is a big target. His heart, his Ahavas Yisrael, his Maisim Taifim, are much, much bigger than the Maisim. And so, on behalf of the whole Tzibor, I want to be a couple of Rav from you, the Bishol of Hashem Taifim Masuka, which have a, a year of Gulas and Yeshuas and Ahamas. Okay, it's an Amen, I'll take it. I'll take it. And I'll tell you also, and I can't do what the rub did, which is just like pull out something last minute. So I'm gonna have to say something that I prepared earlier. Do the best I can. It's just the So let me. I've been thinking a lot the past. Uh, I guess it's two weeks. The past two weeks, like what exactly is Avoid of El touched and pay base? You know, because you need a VM to tell you exactly what the Rebbeinu wants of you at this moment. And unfortunately, we don't have the VM yet. So we have no choice but to to try to be misbinding a little bit and and to listen to the to the Dvar Hashem that speaks to the heart to try to figure out what is the Rebbeinu want of us this year. What's the avoid of El right now? So I don't know. I honestly I don't know. I'm not sure. But I just want to share with you a machshava that I've been thinking about, and it's any time I try to go anywhere else with my thoughts, they always come back to this subject. So I don't know. So let me stay on. I'll just I'll just share with you. It's like this, you know, the Minig of Ashkenaz, as we know, is that every single day of Rosh Chodesh El, every single day of Chodesh El, beginning from Rosh Chodesh, so we have to be a Shreifah. We'll Shreifah, the Svardim say Slichas, they know what to do, and we, uh, we don't do Slichas, we just do the Kiyah So it's like this, the tour in the beginning of Lachas Rosh Hashanah, records the Makar, the source of this Minig, an idea behind it, of blowing Shreifah from Rosh Chodesh El and on. And it's well known, the Torah brings down from Chazal the following thing, that really the Makar, the root of this minute, the blowing shayfer throughout Chaydesh beginning on Rosh Chaydesh is because back in the times of the Midbar, the desert, Rechayetzer, we're traveling through the desert, so we know that we fell into the sin of Egal Azov, the golden calf, because we lost calculation with Maishar right? Maishar goes up to Shemayim, 40 days, the Jewish people miscalculate when he's supposed to be back, we're not sure, and because of that we all we become discombobulated and we fall into the Hegel. And so Chazal say that the moment that Moshe Rabbeinu returns back up to Shemayim for the final 40 days to receive the second Luchas, he goes up Rish Chaydesh El, and 40 days later he comes down with the Luchas Shniyas, the second Luchas and Yom Kippur. So Chazal say, based on the Pesukim, that when Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to Harsina and Rish Chaydesh El, they blew a shoifer. And the shoifer that they blew was a sin to the Jewish people that this is day one. Don't make a mistake. This is day one. And going forward, it's day two, day three. Don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake in the cheshvan. That they shouldn't fall back into the sin of idolatry. Just as the Jewish people blew the shayf from Rosh to make sure that we don't fall into Avodah So so too says the tour. That's why we blow shayfer Rosh every single year, and we continue to blow shayfer every single every single day of the month. As a zeicher to connect us to that shayfer that was blown on that original rishchay deshel, shalayitu ba'avoy dezara to make sure the Jewish people don't fall into the egel hazav. 
So, you know, you know, I ask you something. Every single one of us knows things that we have to work on to become better Yidin, to become the people we have to become. The Rav mentioned some of them over the, the summer months, things that go wrong. But Rav is all right. I didn't think I was... Uh, I didn't think that was a box that I had to check, you know? It's like when you go to the doctor and they give you that, that you know, in the, in the waiting room with a list of things that, God forbid, can be wrong, and Baruch Hashem, it's like none. Okay, so when they give you a list of things that you have to work on, Avodah Hashem, you have to check a lot of boxes. But if I desire, I didn't think that was my issue. What do we see? Not only is this Indian of Avodah falling to the eagle just one of the boxes. Like this is the Shoirish. This is the whole Indian of Chaydeshel. The whole Avodah of Chaydeshel begins with long Shoifer and Rosh Chaydesh, which is why? To make sure we shouldn't fall into that mistake of Avodah So that's what we're chayishing ourselves of. That's what we have to worry about, Avadizar. What does that tell us about El? What's Avayd of El? What does that mean? We shouldn't fall into Avadizar. That's Alf. Days. According to the Mukubalim, according to the Sarmak the Ikr Avayd of Rosh Hashanah, the Ikr Avayd of Rosh Hashanah is to silence, is to silence a particular kitchen, a particular prosecution that once upon a time took place when Hashem decided or was thinking Kviachal about creating the world. And that prosecution, that kitrig, becomes evoked every single year. And this is a prosecution against humanity, in particular against the creation of the world, the certain malachim said to Hashem, what's the, what's the value of humanity that you should create them, that you should think about them, that you should remember them? And the Rabbani Shalom obviously didn't listen to that, and he went forward to plan and created the world, and created Adam and Chava. But the Kubalim tells us that really every single year that kitchen that prosecution of Ma'enesh Kisis Kirenu chazes itself over. It becomes, it returns once again. And the Ikra Avoid of Rosh Hashanah, the Ikra Avoid of Rosh Hashanah is what? It's to silence that kitchen. It's to silence that kitchen. It's to somehow get over that, that kitchen, to get over that prosecution of Ma'enesh Kisis Kirenu. So the second question is again, the first question is I didn't think Avoid Azar was our issue, but evidently it's our main issue. Number one. Number two, what exactly is this prosecution? What does it mean exactly? And how do we overcome that? And what are we doing to overcome that? Number three, there's a particular word. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have a real meaning, but it carries a lot of weight. I don't know if Sardin uses this word, but Ashkenazim uses it a lot. We've heard this word. We've been told this word. We've probably said this word. And very often, many of us probably have this, in asso- this word as an association with El. What's the word? Nu. Nu. I don't know if Sfarad use the word, I'm not sure. Any Sfarad? Did Sfarad say Nu? They do, yeah? Okay, fine. So, Kalah Yisrael say Nu. What does Nu mean? I don't know. Nu doesn't mean anything. Nu, nu means Nu. We know what Nu means. There's all different ways to use it. Nu, Nu, you know. There's Nu. Nu El, right? What's the oymet? What's the, you didn't think I was going to throw it. What's the pnimius of the word nu? No, serious. What's the pnimius of the word nu? What's happening? So we say, we say nu a lot. Okay, we say nu. Not just, not a joke. The kavanas of Rosh Hashanah by the Rizal is big kavanas on that, those two nus. Pachtacha, the same thing, pachtacha, pachtacha, zbamachshu, nu, twice. So all over the Rosh Hashanah is that we should hear nu, but in a good way. Vinoyam Hashem Alakainu, Aleinu, Masi Yedeinu, Kaino Aleinu, Masi Yedeinu, Kaineu. It's a lot of news. And that's how we come into, that's how we carry Shabbos into the six days of the week. That's how we 
carry the week into Shabbos. So what's the side of the word noon? Okay. So there's a piece from the Kutumaran, Rabbi Nachman, in Simon Hay, Peace Gimel, he says the following thing. He's talking about the Jewish heart. Jewish heart. Rabbeinu says the following thing, that the Jewish heart is the makar, is the source, that's the place where real joy can take place. When a Jewish heart is healthy, it's besimcha. It's besimcha. Rav Nachman says, that it's natural when there's a heart, the heart is joyous. And you know, this doesn't just mean an individual person's heart. The Sefer Yitzhak, the Book of Creation, begins by saying that the Rabbanishim created the world with Lamed Beis, Nesivis Chachma, 32 paths of wisdom. The whole world is called a lave. And the lave in its natural state should be the Simcha, Nesat the Simcha Belivi. But said Rabbi Nachman, but the truth is like this, that very often what happens with the heart is that although the heart may, be, have, may, have, may have been created with a natural sense of simcha, and the world should exist with a natural sense of simcha, but there's a phenomenon that takes place with the heart, the chlal b'frat, and the language of chazal, it's the language of ukminius shabalev, the heart becomes crooked, becomes bent, many, many bends and many different folds. And the crookedness of the heart creates this phenomenon where the heart is unable to be besimcha. The heart of the Jew, the heart of the world. Ramachman says, And the truth is, it's impossible for the heart to be happy. Until the crookedness of the heart is straightened out, until it's removed. Then the heart can be a heart, and it can be besimcha. So you know, Chazal say, the Gemara says in Brachas, Chazal created a certain scientific phenomenon that's here, it's connected to what the Rav was talking about, to, to, to be mafashe, to straighten the crookedness of the heart. And what is that? Thunder. It's thunder. Thunder straightens the crookedness of the heart. Every single one of us, have, our hearts have been crooked, have been bent, have been has been become tangled, has been has become full of knots because of all the inyana that we've gone through. And the Rabbani Shalom has a way of being a fashet, of reminding us of what the heart is supposed to be about, where our minds are supposed to be and who we are, and that's called thunder. Thunder comes in all different all different ways. But here's the Nakuda. Even after all the thunders of this world can come and to try to straighten out all the folds and all the bends and all the knots of the heart there remains, and Nishvitz were taught, that there remains one fold, one deep knot, one deep bend, one deep corruption of the heart, that all the re'em and all the thunders with all of its variations of this world cannot be mafashim. And the only way to ultimately fix that ukminius, that final bending, that final crookedness of the heart, is only with a certain type of thunder, and that's the thunder of the sound of the shoifer. And the sound of the shoifer doesn't come to just straighten out that heart. The sound of the shoifer, the re'em of the shoifer, the thunder of the shoifer comes to rebuild the heart from the very beginning. To reconstruct the heart with its natural cheetahs, with its natural straightness. This is hinted to, by the way, in the Ariya Kaddish, the word shoifer, I know it's late, but I don't really care. The word shoifer is shin vav pei reish. Shin vav pei reish. If you divide up those two, the word into two parts, you have shin vav, 
on one side, Teresh on the other. Teresh we'll get to in a few minutes. But if you take the Gemashu, the word Shin Vav, plus the Yad, the hand of the Baltike that holds the Shoifer, Shin Vav plus Yudalad equals 320, which is 32 Lev times 10. 10 is always a number that means to rebuild from the very beginning, the foundation. Every structure, every system is of 10. Lamed Beis times 10 is that part of the Shoifer. The Shoifer is to rebuild the heart. To rebuild the heart in such a way that even that final communion, even that final knot and tanglement and crookedness, that all the thunders that come from above cannot, cannot deal with it, cannot be masaki. And the shoifer rebuilds the heart, bishlemus, in a, in a complete koima of Lamed Beis times 10, shinvov with the Yad of the Baltike. What does that mean? What is this final communion? What is this final crookedness of the heart? that nothing seems to be able to fix. So this is not a simple Indian. And only, and only Ishbits can come and like open this door. And this is a door that most people and most times we don't want to contemplate. But this time of year we have to open it because Baruch Hashem, we have the eights of the Misakinah. We know how to handle it. We know what the eights is. So it's like this. What are these folds? What are these crookedness of the heart? So when... When you think about it, initially, what are, the, what are the things that a person can have done to cause his heart to become crooked? So, all those boxes, yeah? We understand. I don't have to start giving examples. I'll give, I'll give the, the classic example that, that Rabbanim give an example, which is like nice and clean, Loshanara. Okay, so it's, a, it's a crookedness. So, you say Loshanara or XYZ, you fill in the blanks. All the inyan that we know that are not healthy for the Nishama. These are folds that we bend our neshama with. We become all crooked and, and entangled and enmeshed and tumen and completely confused. We don't know even know who we are. All those inyanim, starting from the first mitzvah all the way to the last mitzvah, all loisaseis, all aseis, all pagama, all blemishes, all those crookedness, thunder can take care of. Thunder can take care of. A good clap of thunder on all levels, or Vanishan has a way of making a person do truly. So, what's that final crookedness? That final crookedness is not the particular affair that a person did. You know what that crookedness is? That crookedness is the very fact that you want to exist. What I mean? Let's think about this for a second. What was before creation? What was before that, mo- that moment of uh, Yi'ar? Or even before Bracious? You know what there was? It was just a bunch of them. It was just a bunch of them. And then all of a sudden the Rabbani Shalom decided, Nezatam, Shi'iyah, whatever there is, Kachal, Machshavtai, Kachal, Bertsani, Yisbarach. Rabbani Shalom wanted to create a world where there's a you. But here's the Nakuta. It would seem, and this is a painful point to think about, but it would seem that your very existence, your very existence is a spirit to Hashem's mouth. Not only is your very existence seems to be a steer at Hashem's place because before we were here there was more room for God and all of a sudden we're here and we take up space but not only that the Rabbani Shalom created the Metzis created the Teva created the human being with all the things that we want there is the most basic essential desire of the human being which is to continue living to continue existing what's the most basic feel and rotsin that we have over the Yom Nerim Zechir L'chaim we should live the depth of the Oymek HaNashama, the very depths of, of the soul of creation, feels 
in te- feels terribly guilty, feels terribly guilty over its own existence, over its own desire to exist, and alachas v'kama v'kama over its desire to want more. If you, if you want more, we all want to live, and we're not satisfied with the life that we were given until now, we want to give the Vaiter, as Hashem, and we want to have more things, and more type, and more type, and we daven for those things. But don't underestimate the question that all your desires and all your retzainas that come up during this time of year, don't underestimate the question that it evokes within your soul, which is, am I really a man? If I really believed in God, and I believed that everything He gave me was for, for a particular reason, then what audacity do I have to ask for more? What audacity do I have to ask to continue living and to go on weiter? First of all, how do I know what's right for me? How do I know what's right? And the truth is, a Jew has to be honest and say that they probably want what they want, even if they don't think it's right. So what type of amuna does that say about me? And second of all, if I really believed in God and I really cared about Hashem's malchus more than mine, then I shouldn't ask to exist because my existence is a steerer to Him. Before I was here, there was more room for Him and now there's less room. This is the final, deepest crookedness of the heart. The crookedness of the heart means the very, the very desire that creation has to exist. Let's understand the complexity of Rosh Hashanah. Every single one of you knows this that Rosh Hashanah is the most complicated of Yom Tov. It's the most complicated of Yom Tov. Is it a time of where there's like a heaviness and a seriousness? Is it a time of like to clap by Hamelach? Like everyone says in Asana Taikif, like even in Uman they say in Asana Taikif. It's like, what's, there's a heaviness to Rosh Hashanah, or is there? The Pasuk says in Ezra, the Rosh Hashanah is a time of, of, of Simchas Hashem, Chedvas Hashem, to enjoy, to be part of Hashem. Let's understand, what happens in Rosh Hashanah is that the Rabbani Shalom creates a reality that wants to continue existing. And so on the one hand, Hashem is besimcha. Obviously, Hashem did this for a reason. But there's a very deep pain. And don't underestimate this. There's a very deep pain and deep question that reality now has every Rosh Hashanah, which is, is my existence something that's fundamentally good? Or is my existence and all my deepest desires fundamentally rotten? This is the question that plagues reality every single year, Rosh Hashanah. And this is a kumimius, this is a crookedness, the thought, this idea that my very desire to exist and all the retzayness, all my tefillahs, everything that I ask for and I want, is coming from what? From a, from a very, very foundation of tefillah, of avaydazara. Because at the very foundation of everything I want, l'chayr, is because I want it. And if I was a mammon, it's not about me, it's about God. So why do I even want anything? If I want anything, it means that my entire focus and my entire existence is focused on myself. That is of a desire. So this final kmimius, this final crookedness, thunders can't fix. Thunders can't fix. Let me explain, you know, in the Kisari we find that there are particular letters of the Aleph base that the Rabbani Shalom created the world with that creates this phenomenon of a Jewish heart of the world wanting and needing more and not being satisfied and wanting to continue on. And those are the five letters, Menatzpah, Memnun Sadi Pechav. You know, every single letter of the Aleph phase can be the end of a sentence. It can be the end of a word. But there are only five letters that when you see them, you know there's more and there has to be more. 
And that's the open mem, the open nun, not the end of letters, the other ones. Mem nun tzadik peichav. Those letters, when they're open, when they're not the, the end of the version of themselves, it means you look at that mem, you know this mem says there has to be more. The Rabbani Shalom created this phenomenon of mem nun tzadik peichav in creation, which means that in the very essence of who you are, when you pull away all the layers, what you are is someone that wants more. And that very reality, the very foundation of who you are, which is someone that wants, plagues you and plagues your soul. Because that very desire of wanting more whispers in your ear, which says, you're a kaifer. And you're an oivet of a desire. Because if you really wanted God, if you really believed in God, you wouldn't want anymore. This is that which comes from Manasbach. That's why the word, those letters, men equals begematria 280. 280 is the word par. Par means from the reprove, reprove, more, more, more. That's Manasbach. So this is a big kasha. A person cannot stand by Rosh Hashanah. You cannot stand by Rosh Hashanah if you think you're a kaifer. If you think you're a oivr of you cannot stand for Rosh Hashanah. So how do we come to Rosh Hashanah? And every single one of us is plagued by this because you know that when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, everyone knows that you're not really supposed to daven for the things that you want. You're supposed to just follow the Siddur. What's the Siddur talking about? Hashem's Malchus. And meanwhile, what are you thinking? I don't want to talk about Hashem's Malchus. I want my Malchus. And so then at some point during the day, you start off as very from, I'm not going to talk about myself. But then at some point you say, I can't, I have no choice. And so then you start daven to Hashem about your own Ritzayinus, but you feel guilty about it. Because deep down, that taina, that question, that plagues reality itself is emerging, which is, maybe I'm an oivr of a desire. Maybe my very, my very essence has no shaykhis to Hashem's malchus, and is a spirit to Hashem's malchus. So what does the Rebbe Hashem give us? It's a matanam and a shemayim. The Rebbe Hashem gives us a gift from heaven, which is called the month of El. And the month of El, we begin to blow the shaykhah from a shaykhah, to not to what? To stay away from avay desire. And the blowing of the shayfar throughout the month of El is not telling us, don't do Avay Dizar. What that shayfar is telling you is that you are not in Avay You are not in Avay Why not? Why not? If I want anything, no, isn't that kfira? So it's like this. In Israel, we're taught the following thing. Do you know why you want? Do you know why you want to exist? Do you know why you're not even satisfied with whatever existence you had until now that you want even more? Do you know why? It's not because you're a kaifer. It's not because you're self-centered. It's not because you're not of a desire. It's because you still remember what life was like before this world. And before this place, before this place, you were existing in that place of insight, that place of infinity, of divinity. And you know what you experienced in that place of divinity, in that place of infinity? You know what you had there? You had everything. You had God Himself. And if you have God, you have everything. And then all of a sudden, the Rebbe takes that neshama from that place of Sight, that place of infinite, that place of Elikos, from that place of Atsilos, and he throws the neshama all the way down to Asiya, Shabasiya, Shabasiya, Lawrence, and Tavshin base. And you know what happens? The mouth slaps you and you forget where you came from. But only consciously. Subconsciously, you know where you came from. And every single thing that you experience in this world is just a reminder of what you don't have anymore. And because of that, you want more. And you want more. And you want to exist vital. And you want to keep on going. You know why? Because you're not a human being. 
Because you are a piece of divine light sent into this world to conquer territory. And you know the nature of divine light is that it exists. And the nature of divine light that it wants to spread. You know the word menatzbah, which I mentioned is the Vagashia 280. If you take those letters and you reveal a yichud, you reveal a unity amongst those letters, the word nu times five is also 280. What does the word nu mean? What happens when Sos yells at you, nu el, right? What happens? What happens when you yell at someone nu or you get yelled at nu? Means, means what happens is, let's say you, you, know, you, you, you tell a kid, right, clean your room. And he's like, yeah, okay, sure. And then you say, nu? I'm not saying it's a good chinuch uh, tactic, but you say that. What does nu mean? Nu means, I really want this. Nu means I really want this, and nu also means you really want this too. You know what nu means? Nu means that you have a certain wants and you have a certain desire, but it's muddled. You don't really chap what you want. Nu has a way of cutting through and piercing through all the cleatness and all the dinyayness and all the shtus and vavolam to really get to the core of what is it that you want. That's what the word nu means. So you have the word, the letters menatzbach, which is 280. And the letters Menatzbach say, you want this and you want that, and I want this and I want that. And in, contained in those letters, with a different permutation, a permutation that creates a certain level of, of unity amongst those letters. Instead of it being 40 and a 90 and Vahulu, it's just 56 five times. But you know what happens? What's revealed, the oimic of everything that you wanted, where is it coming from? Kfir and Apikarsis, it's coming from the ego. No. It's coming from the paraduma. That's the word par also. It's a tikkun of the paraduma of the egel azad. It's not coming from kfir and apikarsis. If a person thinks he's a kaifer, how can you, how can you possibly stand Rosh Hashanah? The answer is the oymik of the word nu elokeinu velokeivaseinu v'chein pein pachtecha that the rabbanim should send a resounding nu in our lives. That nu is not the sound of like nu elul, like we've heard before. Nu means the nu of Rosh Hashanah means. You, you, do you even know what you're asking for? You don't even know what you're asking for. Rabbi Shalom says, I want you to daven for Barnasa. I want you to daven for Shef. I want you to have a good life. I want you to live. I want you to embrace your Zionists. But understand why you want these things. Do you even have an Isog of who you are? This is the Avoid of Chodesh Elul. And this is the Shoifer. Like I said, Shoifer is two parts. Shin Vav with the Yad. That's a rebuilt heart in a way of straightness. Plus Peresh. The redefinition of that 280 letters of Menatzbach is five times new. <clears throat> when you have that together, that's what it means, the sound of the shaifa. The sound of the shaifa reminds the who you are, that you don't come from this place. You've never been from this place. And your job is not to be in this place. Your job is to conquer this place. Your job is to be, to understand who you are, which is that your existence and understand this, unless the Neshama hears this, the Neshama will not be able to be Ayman in Rosh Hashanah. Your existence is not a steerer to Hashem's Malchus. Your existence is a continuation of Hashem's Malchus. Your existence is a deepening of Hashem's Malchus. Your existence is an expansion of Hashem's Malchus. This is the secret of Elul. Ani Ladoidi means there's no there's no chilik between Ani Who's the Doidi? Who's the Yid? Who's the who's the Rabbani I don't know. It's all one malchus. Like I mentioned this on Shabbos, that the whole side of Rosh Hashanah is that we're a melech being coronated in the lifetime of our father, the king. You know, the Rabban says, for example, the word shoifer comes from the word shifra. Shifra means 
transparent, translucent, something you can see through. The whole Indian of Shoifer, when you hear Shoifer tomorrow morning after Shachris, you know what the Shoifer says? The Shoifer says, everything you want, you don't even know the half of it. You don't even know the half of what you want. Contained in every desire you've ever had in life is one desire, which is, I want God. I want to be real. I want to exist. I want to feel something. I want to be real. I want to be chai v'kayim. That's what I want. So let's understand. This is the taina. This was the kitra. This is the question that the malachim were plaguing God with. Why would you create a human being? Why would you create a universe whose very foundation is austerity? Is austerity to your existence? Everything that they want stands in your way. What's the avoid of Rosh Hashanah? To silence that kitra. By what? By understanding that everything we want is coming from one truth, which is that we've had much more than this before. We've had much more than this before. And that's why the Rabbani Shalom sentences in this world to want more, but to understand that in the desires of the lave, in the ruts of the lave, of what we want is just one thing. Just you, Rabbani Shalom, just you. That's all we want. But when I say you, I mean me also. Because it's Hainu Haaf. The Rabbani Shalom created us in such a way that we should experience the Lakos. People make a mistake of thinking that to serve Hashem Lishma means that you shouldn't want to have a Gishmak. That's not true. I've given this example before. If you have a lion, I'm sorry it's late, but if you have a lion chasing a zebra, obviously they're animals, they can't talk, and they're caught up in an Indian at that moment, but if you have a lion chasing a zebra, and you were to take the lion and say, Lion, are you besimcha? The lion would say, I'm mamish, the most besimcha in the whole universe, I'm most besimcha. Why? The lion would say, because I'm doing what a lion's supposed to do. I'm doing what a lion's supposed to do. And if you took the zebra and said, Zebra, are you besimcha? You know what the zebra would say? This is a most of a simple. Because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be chased by a lion. I'm supposed to be running away. And if I get eaten, that's my avoidance. The simcha that, ne- that nature should have is the simcha of knowing that it's doing what it's supposed to do, of wanting what it's supposed to want. The avoidance of Rosh Hashanah is not not to want Chaim. And not, not to want everything we want within Chaim. But it's to realize, what does that mean? Where is that coming from? What does it say about me? And it doesn't say I'm a kaifer. It means that I'm a chelik al kami mamish, and that's why I want so much. That's why I want so much. This is the ayimut of what Chaydishal is. If a person goes into tshuva without first establishing the fact that you're not a baal ayimut of Zara, then all of your tshuva is built on quicksand. Quicksand. The only way to do tshuva is to have a solid foundation, and that foundation is to, is to be mafashe, is to ultimately straighten up that final crookedness, the very foundational crookedness of the heart, and to realize. That the heart is not crooked at all. The lave is a lave mole. It's a lave yasha. It's achtoi v'chesi yudifuni kol yimei chai. It's the ikra avoid of Rosh Hashanah. That's why, by the way, just, uh, you know, I mentioned the pasuk of v'hinoyam. That's that. The reason says over there that you have five news. It's five news. Yudenu is, is twice. Hashem lakeinu, masi yudenu, kanyaneu, and so on. The five times the word new. And what's the pasuk? You know, you go from Shabbos. Shabbos is a day of what? Where we can sort of lay back and say, Rabbi Shalom, I'm not trying to do anything. But then you go into the six days of the week, and the six days of the week means that you want, that you want, with sinus, you want. But you go into the six days of the week reminding yourself that all of my desires, all of my menatzpach, in its root, are just five news. And the Rabbi Shalom sends us a new, called the sound of the shaykh, which reminds us that, of course, I'm going to want, that I want to build, and I want to... I want... But what I really want is a revenge. What I really want is a lakus. And I'm, my neshama finds a lakus in all these things that I'm looking for. 
That's why it starts that the pleasantness of that higher world should be experienced down here, and that's why I want. That's why the word vayihi, vayihi noyam, the word vayihi is equals to Gematria 31, which is the name Kel. Chesed Kel Kolayam, the name Kel. Guys in the Shul will know this probably. The word Kel is a name, is a divine name, which means that the way something started, that's how it continues, all the way to the end. Chesed Kel Kolayam. Vayihi noyam, Hashem Olekin means that all of my desires in this world might look like I want bracha, and I want parnasa, and I want boni chaim zayin. And all of the protein that come in in that. But Vayihi Noyam Chesed Kel Kol says that in contained within all that Menatzpah, all those Mem Nun Tzali Pechav, really it's just five news, getting to the Oymik of what I want, and what I want is Noyam Hashem Olekin, I just want the Noyam Ha'elyan, and that's Vayihi Noyam. Let me, let me tell you a quick Maisa, okay? So I have the Matzah Shabbos stories, so do me a favor, don't watch it, Matzah Shabbos, I'm telling you that, okay? So, there you go, fine, I'll tell you the Maisa. It's, a good, it's just, it's just, it's an El Maisa, you know? The Maisa is that, very, very quickly, because Barichas, you'll see once in a while. The kids, the kids of Maisa is like this, Ravil Paracher, Ravil Paracher is one of the Chesidim, it's an Afsedek, so he said that he had the following experience, which the Maisa defined for him what Rosh Hashanah is, what El is. So he said he was once walking past, maybe some of you heard this already, he, he was wa- walking past one of the palaces in, in Russia, so the Tsar obviously is a human being, he only lived in one place at a time, but he had many palaces throughout the, uh, throughout the empire. And every single palace was heavily guarded, you had soldiers standing guard, making sure that it's Bokovitic, even though the Tsar might not be there. And so Ravil Parcher said he was once walking, walking past one of these uh, palaces, and it was the dead of winter, Mamish late at night, and all of a sudden he hears moaning and screaming and yelling. Someone's being beaten. So he quickly goes and he sees what's going on and he figures out what happened. That there was a young officer that was being beaten by uh, a higher officer. What happened? So evidently this young officer, it was late at night and no one was there. You know, So he, he sat down on a chair. He was supposed to stand. He was sitting down on a chair. It was so cold. He fell asleep. And his mazel, the commanding officer was walking by Dafka at that moment. And, you know, the, for sure, the commanding officer is walking by. He should stand up, salute. The problem is he was frozen to his seat. He's frozen to the floor because it was so cold. So the, the commanding officer chapped what happened and starts beating him mercilessly. So the little paratrice says that in the commotion, he hears the young man begging for forgiveness. And Rachmanis, he says, please forgive me, Rachmanis. It's so cold. I'm standing here for hours, days on end. The czar is probably not even here. I fell asleep for mamish two minutes. My mazel, you happened to, pack, you know, to pass by then? You know what the commanding officer said? Ravil Parashar said, this is El. The commanding officer said, I was there 10 years ago when you took an oath to serve the Tsar. And that oath that you took 10 years ago should keep you warm to this day. Clock. Said Ravil Parashar, Tanya. It says in the Gemara, this is Tanya begins, Tanya. We came from a place of righteousness, of elikus, of infinity, of light. And we took an oath to serve the king. And then the Rabbi Yishim sends us to this world. And we go through a lot of winters. But that oath that we took, that oath that we took has to keep us warm through all the winters of this world. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to want this. And it doesn't mean you're not going to like the food. And it doesn't mean you're not going to enjoy this. You're not going to want that. You're going to want all of it. But you should know why do you want it. Where is it coming from? It's coming from one Ratzin and one Ratzin at all, which is to fulfill that oath. To fulfill that oath. To carry out that mission. To be a messenger of the Rabbi Yishim. Hashem should bless each and every one of us. The shlichas of the Rav, we should be zaychet to what to have a, 
a gazunta, you're a healthy, you're a shantag masuka, a year of geula, of yeshuas, of afatzas mayonas, that we should be zaychet to see with our own eyes, with our own eyes, the redemption of this world, the return of the world to its original place in Elokos. We should be zaychet that day, ki ayin v'ayin yir, b'shuva shem l'tzi'in v'yaskol tzedek, in every minu amen.